So we're in this series, <clears throat> we're calling Keys of the Kingdom. These are like your key ring. Each of those keys will unlock something, will open something up. And uh, we're looking at Keys of the Kingdom. And uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, talks about fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is multiple. There's different kinds of fruit of the Spirit. Inside each fruit are the seeds of the next generation. So having the fruit isn't just a natural result, period. Having the fruit is how the church gets perpetuated. It prepares the next generation. It's the seed that's planted for the next great thing God's going to do in your life. So this morning I've asked, I didn't ask them this morning. I asked them about this morning, three men in our church, if they would share one of those fruit of the spirit that is a key. You know, if you, if you practice this, it unlocks spiritual things around you. And so Bruce Prosser, Nate Vance, and then John Longenecker are going to, uh, what do you call that, like a tag team? They're going to share the three parts, three-part three message on Keys of the Kingdom. So let's put our hands together and welcome Bruce as he comes up to share. Thank you, Pastor Deal. Let's pray. I've been feeling a little out of sorts. You know, when you, when you preach about love, pretty soon the Holy Spirit starts pointing his finger at things in your heart that doesn't reflect that. So let's pray. Holy Father, we love you. We thank you. We exalt your name. We want to glorify you in everything that we do and everything that we say. Lord, forgive us for falling short. We ask that you would give us the grace and the strength to do what you called us to do which is to live by these principles and these keys. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I'm talking about the key of love. And I, I just have to explain briefly a couple of things, um, but let's just get into the scriptures and then see where we go, okay? So Ephesians chapter 3 is a prayer that I want to focus in on. And it says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to fathom, to comprehend, to understand with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be feel, filled with all the fullness of God. This next is not on my outline, I apologize, but uh, Ephesians 5.1, just a couple pages over, Paul says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And finally, if he, or Galatians 5, I just want to read this passage. You're going to be hearing much more about it over today as well as the rest of probably the next couple of weeks. 522 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So I'm going to have to go real fast here. But God's love is the core principle that's been at work from the creation of the universe. His love is the preeminent theme of the Old Covenant. When, whenever you run across the word loving kindness or steadfast love, it's a very special word that uh, it's hard to say because we really don't speak in a lot of what would be called a guttural tone, but it's the word chesed. And, and in Hebrew, it carries the idea of a gracious, faithful, steadfast, patient, loyal, covenant-keeping love. And I think it's best illustrated if you would read the, the small book of Ruth and, and, and read it with spiritual glasses on, and you'll see it as an allegory of God's faithfulness through this lady. This faithful, loving kindness is despite our total inability, or as Pastor Deal likes to say, our default position towards sin and covenant breaking. It's used over 248 times in the Bible and predominantly, or in the Old Testament, and predominantly it's speaking of God's love for us. We see it again and again. Steadfast, the steadfast love of the Lord never changes. It's a constant refrain in the Psalms. And, and just a contemporary uh, song that, that I hear often on Pandora is a song from Lauren Daigle called Loyal. That is a very, very good song illustrating and, and really nailing this, this concept. We also know that God's love is preeminent in the New Covenant. The gospel is based upon it. God loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So grace and peace with God are offered in what Christ has done. This has continued to be seen through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's Jesus' continuing work through the work of the Holy Spirit as he's poured out in our hearts. As, as love is applied in our hearts, we see fruit that happens. And, and as, as Pastor Deal mentioned, this fruit is vital in our lives. If we have no fruit in our lives, <laughs> we have to question where are we at in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Love is preeminent. God's love is the key that opens up the door for us to step into the kingdom of God. Without it, we're all lost. Without it, we're completely lost. So I like to think of the fruit of the Spirit as a singular fruit. It's one fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is Love, but then we can see it that love as manifested in all these other virtues. So I like to look at this collection of virtues, these collections, this collection of spiritual virtues, as like an orange or citrus fruit. You know, the peel is the orange, the segments are the orange, the seeds are the orange. So I, I look at this as that that. Love is the peel that holds the orange together. You see, I can be, I can't be lovingly impatient. I can't be lovingly spiteful. I can't be lovingly hateful. Can you? 
It's, a, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. So we have to realize that according to even 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and love manifests through all this. So God's love provo- provokes us to love others. And I, I read Ephesians 5.1. You can look back at that again. 1 John 4.10 says that when we were God-haters, he loved us. And sent us to be, and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. First John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us, and we can love because he loves us. Jesus said clearly, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." One of these commandments is to love one another. And 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 as I read passages of scripture like this, I realize that my love extends, my love for Jesus only extends as far as I'm willing to obey him. So, so let's grasp that and hold on to that. And I, I've got about two minutes left. I've got a lot more to say, but I just, I just feel in my heart that believers often struggle with God's love for them. We struggle. We, 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 there, are, there are dark times in our soul where, where we, we question the love of God. And I want, you, want to say, open the book. Open the book. Open the book. And know and understand that God loves you. He killed his son for you. Whenever I doubt the love of God, I have to go to the cross. I have to go to Calvary. I have to go to the open tomb. My friends, go to Jesus. If you have a lack of love, if you have any of these uh, anti-virtues that I, I just mentioned, the angers, uh, and, and we're a culture of anger right now, aren't we? Aren't we? We're a culture of frustration. I have people I have to apologize to. My lack of love has, has hurt people, I know. And, and uh, I just don't want to be there anymore. I want to walk in love and be faithful to what God has done for me. And, and I just want to encourage you to do the same. And um, so if you're impatient, repent. Seeking the love of God to be shed abroad in your heart. If you're rude, repent. If you're unjoyful, unkind, have no peace, you're ungentle, you're unfaithful, you have shameful habits, turn them over to the Lord. Seek the love of God. He will shed it abroad in your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Some good word there, Bruce. Um, before I start talking about uh, Key of Peace, I, I need to provide you with a little bit of a, a background story, if you will, uh, as I prepared for this message. Uh, I have to admit, in the past few weeks, uh, my heart has not been in the right place. Uh, for example, my job has been incredibly stressful and busy, more so than I have ever recalled in my life. 
Um, some, most of my team members are hitting a point of physical and mental exhaustion to the point where it's affecting them even emotionally. And so it's caused me to have some very uncomfortable conversations with my superiors. On top of that, uh, my wife and I started remodeling our kitchen uh, a couple months ago, about a month and a half ago, So, which means we have no refrigerator, no stove, no sink. Um, we're literally living out of our living room. <laughs> And it's, it's been very stressful not having a home, uh, a home cooked meal outside of a microwave or an air fryer. <laughs> but we've, we've adapted. While these two things are going on, I'm also a father, I'm a husband, I have to maintain those responsibilities. So my, uh, my family and I were up in, Grand, uh, up in Michigan at a nephew's graduation party swimming. And my wife and I looked away for just a second, and we turned and saw our son just screaming at the top of his lungs. He had blood gushing down out of his mouth, and we're thinking, what is going on? I panicked. This is why my wife is a nurse, and I am not. Um, but we got him cleaned up, uh, and he seemed really tired from the whole ordeal, so we let him rest. And the next morning, he started throwing up, and, so, and he's four years old. So we had to go to the ER in a state we've, or a place that we've never been before, and we got him checked out, and he had a concussion, but it didn't seem like there was anything more serious than that. But in the back, and he had pushed in three of his teeth, so we had to also go to the, the dentist after that too. And so as I'm, knowing that he's okay, thinking, man, how much is this going to cost us too? So we get back, and uh, then my car died, <laughs> and I could... Try to, and I called the place that's going to fix it, and they're busy for the next two weeks, so I can't even get it fixed right away. And this is where my story takes a turn. All of this happening is my heart is not necessarily in a good place right now. That's when I receive an email from Pastor Deal <laughs> asking if I would like to speak about one of the keys of the kingdom. And to be honest, I wasn't really excited about the whole idea, so I started to email him back. I said, I'm sorry, Pastor. I don't think I have the time. And then the Holy Spirit stopped me. I couldn't, couldn't finish it. It was as if he was saying, don't you say that. So I deleted it. And then I started writing, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm concerned about the amount of time I have available. <laughs> but then he stopped me again. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me what it means to have peace a fruit of the Spirit, something I had not been experiencing lately. So I'm here to share what he revealed to me. When is the last time that you have felt peace? I'm not talking about the kind of peace where, you know, it's a, a beautiful day out, the sun is shining, there's a nice cool breeze and everything's going smoothly, not that kind of peace. I'm talking about the type of peace that you can have despite what's happening around you or to you. Maybe your car broke down. Maybe you're on under unbelievable stress at work. You're in financial trouble. Maybe you have relationship issues. Maybe you're scared about your future. You're suffering from depression. Maybe it feels like you're being brought down from every direction. The weight of the world is pressing down on you, and you just don't have the energy to keep pressing forward. Maybe you're dealing with all of these things at once. But none of that matters because the Holy Spirit has blessed you with an overwhelming sense of peace. When's the last time you felt that peace? Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me read that one more time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why did Paul add that small part with thanksgiving? I don't think it's a coincidence that this verse talks about peace and references the attitude of thanksgiving. Have you ever noticed it's difficult to be upset when you're thankful? Have you ever heard of, have you ever had someone give you money and you're thinking, oh, this is the worst? <laughs> have you ever had your hands full and walk into a door and someone holds the door open for you and you think, man, what a jerk? <laughs> have you ever had somebody who cares about you give you a hug and thought to yourself, woe is me? Of course not, because you were thankful for that person or persons who showed you some level of care or compassion, even if it's somebody you don't even know. So if you're one of those people that's struggling with peace, let me ask you, what is it you're thankful for? With everything going on in my life, the Holy Spirit reminded me of so many things that I have to be thankful for. Every day, God blesses me. Every day, I wake up on this side of the grass. I'm blessed knowing that I have an amazing wife that loves me. I'm blessed with a beautiful daughter, an amazing son. I don't have to worry about my, where my next meal is going to come from. We have drinkable water wherever we go. I live in a country with amazing freedoms. I'm thankful for all of my family, even the weird ones. I'm thankful for all the people in my life, even the ones that I don't always agree with. Because if these people weren't in my life, they wouldn't make me who God called me to be. But most of all, I'm thankful for a God who loves me, even when I don't deserve it. A lot of the times we blame him for what's going, what we're going through, but in reality, he wants us to have peace. We are the ones that brought sin into the world. He brought peace. He bought peace through his love. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you want peace in your life, know where you can find it. And it won't be from money or material things. You won't find it scrolling through social media or watching the news. But I can tell you where to find it. Starts with cross. John 14 26 through 27 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, from whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give, you, give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The Holy Spirit once had a message for me that I felt he wanted me to, to relay to somebody here today. He sees you, and he loves you unconditionally. He wants you to have peace. The path starts by looking at the cross and having a thankful heart 
And then you let the Holy Spirit do the rest. That's hard to follow, both of them. Love, peace. I got to do long-suffering and patience, the one thing I'm not good at. Um, I chose it because God's been dealing in my life with it. So I, would, I just want us to read through Galatians 5, 20, 22 and 23 again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The New Living Translation says it this way, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. The key we're obviously going to look at is long-suffering. And it's something that I, I don't know that I'm the only person that suffers with that. Uh, anybody else an impatient driver? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's me. Um, and I could give you lots of different experiences, but I'll give you the worst one in the, that I've ever had to experience. And You know, and have any of you ever had life's most embarrassing moments with your impatience at the same time? Yeah, I, I got to do that. So a long time ago, not really, because I'm not that old, but a while back, uh, when Malia and I first began, my wife and I first began to pastor, uh, we were on our way to church, and we were running late. None of you have ever run late to church, right? Okay. Well, and you, then you're the pastor. You can't be late. It just, you just can't do that. It's, it's against some kind of religious law. <laughs> so I'm driving down North Wayne Street in Angola, trying to get there, and there's a motorcycle in front of me. <clears throat> Guy's driving 20 miles an hour at best. He's enjoying the day because it's sunny. It's a summer warm day. It's Angola, Indiana with 101 lakes. It's that, you know, he's doing that thing. I was like, come on, i got to get to church. So I pull into the drive. I get parked. Guess who pulls in next to me? Now, I forgot to add in, I passed him in the center lane on North Wayne Street. And at this time, I was still uh, serving in law enforcement. So he pulls up, he parks, and uh, I got on my car. We're getting the kids out. I'm trying best not to look at him. I'm like, what are you doing here? He said, is this church? Yeah, it is. So needless to say, during that morning, he sat on the front row. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So I didn't learn... I didn't have any kind of long-suffering. The, the word long-suffering literally means, if you take the two Greek words and put it together, it means long-tempered. Obviously, I wasn't very, I was kind of angry when I passed him, I'll admit that. So the first thing, the first key component to this key is self-restraint. To be long-tempered is the having self-restraint when stirred to anger. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, and forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. We need to remember that, that that's part of it, is being, 
is being self, having self-restraint and having those things. And then the next part of this is endurance. So being in, having that endurance to go to the next level, to, to have that next thing. So can I be really, can I be really human and share the next part of this? That's gonna, you're going to laugh, I hope. So last year, going to um, our fellowship conference, which was in Fort Wayne, it was the first morning of the meeting, morning meetings, and it was Fort Wayne, Indiana. I'm not used to traffic there all the time. And sure enough, I'm running late. I don't want to miss the first, the first part of worship. Pastor, we can't do that. We can't, you know, it's a conference. And we've got to have time, some time to talk and everything. So I'm rushing, and I pass this car. Yeah. Passed him on the right-hand side. So I pull into the parking lot at the church where the conference is at. And sure enough, he pulls in next to me. So at least I'm honest enough to share it. I mean, the reality is, is that I have to learn to, you know, to endure and, and those things. And, and God, here's, here's my message in this, is that God endured with me. And in that moment, in, in a funny moment, spoke to my heart about enduring the very things that we become impatient about. Christ loved me enough that he endured with me. He endured with me. His love that Bruce talked about. His peace came in that moment when I realized I wasn't what I needed to be, should be. You would have thought I'd learned my lesson, but it didn't happen that way. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, it describes the character of a new man. In the New Living Translation, I'm not big on different translations and all that, but this one says it best, I think. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, long-suffering. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And you say, well, what's that got to do with driving? It has a lot to do, because if I just would learn to take a deep breath, a lack of planning on their part, or a lack of planning on my part, didn't constitute an emergency on their part to get me to the meeting on time. And we need to understand that God has, he chose to love us. He chose to endure with all of our shortcomings. He chose to, to look at us and, and endure with what we had and what we are. To, to get us to where we need to be. And we, in the time that we're in, need to understand this is a time when everybody is so stressed. We need to take a deep breath and, and, and look and become enduring and look at, at the things and be long-suffering uh, and long-tempered in what we need to do so we can reach those that are lost and to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um. And one of the things that, that God's given me to do in life, I help people debrief and, uh, in, in all kinds of emergency personnel. One of the things that I teach people to do is breathe. And I, I've never looked at the word breathe or breath. And I want to give you this because this is something that 
is, it was amazing when I looked at it. In the Webster's Dictionary, Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says the first meaning of breathe is air filled with fragrance or odor. Fragrance or odor. I don't have a lot of time to share this part of it completely, but I want to give you this. This is what I wrote in response to this, just thinking about it. Our actions precede our response can, can and will determine the outcome of a given circumstance or experience. We will either be the sweet-smelling savor of Jesus, the person needs, or we're going to be that old odor the rest of the world builds up. I think it's time that we change, and one of the things for me is being long-suffering with people, being patient with people, with my brothers and my sisters. I want to be the sweet-smelling savor. I want them to experience Jesus' love. I want to be that moment in which that I've, I make a practice that I experience, they can experience the peace of Jesus because I'm long-suffering, because I made a choice. And you know, it's all about choices. It's all about choices. And we were reminded in that scripture that Jesus chose us. The Lord chose us to be his holy people he loves. He chose us. And we so often forget that. And if we would just simply issue that long suffering, that we'd look at one another and say, you know, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so I need to take a breath. And I want to be that thing. I want to speak that positive word. I want to speak that encouraging word. I want to speak that thing to you that changes your day, that brings the love, that brings the peace, that can make a difference. I don't want to be the same. I'm going to leave you with this. In, in, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about, Therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, and behold, the new has come. Praise God for the new. Christ endured the cross, but more importantly, he endured us with all our flaws, mistakes, attitudes, sins, to make way as certain that we could get to him and spend heaven with him. Amen? So, which of those three resonated with you? Was it God's love for you and your need to love others? Was it peace that you need to have that seems to be so fleeting? Or was it long-suffering, hanging in there, not giving up, not getting distracted? These things are fruit of the Spirit. They're a natural result of a spiritual life but they are the seeds that give us power so that we can see breakthrough in the kingdom of God. So think about this. What are you going to do? How is this message that I believe was led by the Spirit? What is the Spirit of God saying to you? How can you better serve Christ? Amen? Good questions.